Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am super excited to give you a little background on my guest before we actually get into the interview. Giselle Deo Diaz. Giselle is an SDSU alumni, first-generation college graduate student, and an aspiring student affairs professional. In case you didn't listen to our first episode of the TIFA Project podcast show, when we used to do these interviews, we would do an elaborate interview of almost a almost a examination of the Filipino American woman that was sharing her story. This time around, we are going to focus on a life lesson that the Filipino American woman would love to share and what story, what aspect of her life had led her to conclude that this was a powerful life lesson that she needed to live by and even share with other people. As for today's life lesson, Giselle is going to share how setting healthy boundaries and having honest conversations with others is fundamental to prioritizing self-care and personal success. All right, and we are recording. Uh, Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short. And I'm super excited. I have a really good friend um, for this interview today. I've actually known her for about a decade now, and I have seen her just transform throughout the years. And so uh, Giselle Deo Diaz, is currently a uh, SDSU alumni that's San Diego State, go Aztecs. Uh, She is a first-generation college graduate student, and she's going to be starting graduate uh, school soon, um, which she'll probably tell you a little bit about. And uh, she is an aspiring student affairs professional. So Giselle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Cool, cool. So let's uh, let's just start with... um, asking how did you hear about this project and more importantly what inspired you to get involved and share your story well i heard about the filipino american woman project from the one and only jen amos and one of the reasons why i was inspired to really share my story is because i've always looked up to role models but i never found a role model who looked like me who had the same cultural uh, experiences and background and expectations and struggles that maybe some of my other ethnic friends um, struggled with. Sometimes it's similar, but I just didn't have that one role model that I could truly look up to. So I thought, like, why not? Why wait? Like, why not just do it? So. I know there's going to be future generations who are going to be coming after us. I know the census in 2040, minorities will soon be the majority in the United States. And I want to be that trailblazer that um, influences our future Philam women in a positive way. Awesome. So basically, you want to be the change that you want to see. Yes, basically. 
Cool, cool. I, I love that. And I love that you're, um, you know, I think early on uh, when you started pursuing communications, I never thought that I would see you um, wanting to pursue something like this and really show representation um, in higher levels of education. So I, I really applaud you for that. And um, I hope that I get a chance to you know, come out and, and help, <laughs> whether it's doing a, a speaking thing or just coming to support like any initiative, especially if it's, you know, for a Filipino Americans going to college. We need your voice. We need your story because a lot of students still feel like they have to take the stereotypical educational route. Like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be a nurse. Maybe I'm supposed to be an engineer. But there are other entrepreneurs who are just exactly like you. And if they at least hear a different story, maybe they can have the courage to trailblaze on their own path. Yeah, definitely. And that's really a the main reason why the Filipino American Woman Project exists is to just have more stories. And we were just talking about this prior to the show, but we were, we both had watched um, Always Be My Maybe, which mm -hmm. was uh, written by a Filipino, a, per, a Filipino American. And it's a, it's basically an, an all Asian cast, almost like Crazy Rich Asians. And it seems like today in media, there's there's becoming more and more Asian representation. Um, and not just like, you know, an Asian person being a doctor or anything like that, but actually, you know, being funny, being a comedian, being being whatever, you know, being a, and, and always be my maybe, being a chef or, you know, being part of a band. And it's just the more, the more we can normalize that and see that we can be, you know, more than, than the traditional careers that, uh, let's say our immigrant parents uh, try to bestow on us, um, mm -hmm. it can give us the courage to pursue, you know, those careers and, and things that really make us passionate. And, um, and I love that, you know, for one, you, you found your passion in higher uh, education, and two, you want to be a resource to other people, to other Asian Americans, to find their voice and to find what they're really passionate about and not just going to school because their parents told them to and really mm -hmm. trying to live their parents' dreams rather than their own dreams. Yeah, you just took my whole speech. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I'm glad. So I want to go ahead and, um, you know, this new phase of the Filipino American Women Project is uh, really jumping straight to life lessons and the stories that led to that life lesson. And so um, prior to this interview, you wanted, uh, this is the life lesson that you wanted to share. So I'm just going to recite it and I would love for you to elaborate on it. For you, the biggest life lesson you've learned that you want to share on the show is to set healthy boundaries and have honest conversations with uh, people you interact with, um, which you have found to be very fundamental to prioritizing self-care and personal success, especially as a Filipino-American woman. Um, I feel like that is a very loaded statement, and so I would love for you to just unpack it and uh, tell me how you came to that life lesson. So uh, it's very typical for most uh, Asians, at least me being Filipino-American, to have that stereotype that I'm a straight-A student. So because of that, if I actually worked hard for my grade, it was stripped away from me. So they would just say, like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you're Asian. Like, you're supposed to have straight A's and it's like that's taken away from me and most of the time when it came to setting boundaries it was very difficult 
especially coming from a place where I was very insecure, wanted people to like me, so I would always do the best that I could to please others, and I would overextend myself, and I, it got to a point where I was doing it so much that people didn't respect me anymore, or at least that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. So in terms of setting those healthy boundaries, I, I learned that it doesn't just start in the workplace. It really starts with myself and at home. And having the stereotypes of being a submissive person or that I'm too timid, that I can't stand up for myself, it has really put me in this different mindset like no that is not who I am just because that's how maybe my mom is that doesn't mean that's who I will be so it's interesting because when we are raised in our household to talk back is a sign of disrespect but if I were to talk back in my workplace that's a sign of initiative that's a sign of a leader um, it's not being called bossy it's being a leader. I don't know what else you could say. I mean, for a man, like you don't call a guy bossy, but then if a woman does it, like it's not, it's not that way. So I didn't know how to set those healthy boundaries with even my colleagues or with even my supervisors. I didn't know how to be honest with them because I thought I had to hold everything in. And when I learned how to set those healthy boundaries with even my parents or with my siblings, that's when things really started to change for me. And I know at the end of the day, like everything that I do is not just because of me, it's also for my family. So my degree isn't my degree, it's also my family. So my success is their success. Mm -hmm. And I take a lot of honor and pride in that. But at the same time, there comes a point in time where you have to really separate, okay, this is what I learned in my culture. And this is what I'm proud of. But at the same time, I'm also American. That's part of my identity. So all right, Jenny was here jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American-woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. So you were saying that, you know, setting healthy boundaries is uh, very important. Um, it, it helped, you know, for self-care and for personal success. And you think that um, healthy boundaries is especially important for Filipino American women. 
Yes, and I think with setting healthy boundaries, being able to say no and intentionally meaning it and without apologizing. I think just as women, we always tend to say sorry. Like, why do we have to say sorry? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember you were mentioning Ali Wong, and she said that as we get older, it's not that we're becoming less of a woman. I forgot the joke, but basically it's like when we start – menopause we start gaining more testosterone so we start becoming a man basically oh i I didn't know that part (laughs) i don't think i made it to that part of the stand-up yet (laughs) and i was like yes (laughs) i need to give two f's like i i should be having that mindset now like even if i am in my mid-20s like no i'm not going to do that and i'm not going to apologize and i'm not going to say sorry that's just my answer and um I think as Filipino American women, we really struggle with saying no, right? Or we have to explain, oh, the reason why I can't do it is because A, B, and C. And um, I've just come to a place where it's like, no, I I just can't make it. um, But we can do something else another time. Um, And it's really helped me prioritize my self care. When you were asking me like about um, like what my typical day looks like, so I just recently graduated, and I've been really enjoying my vacation and really taking this time to really reflect on what I've been doing. And then most of the time when we have interview questions for like a job, it's like, where do you see yourself five years from now? And Mm -hmm. that's something that I've kind of been meditating on and really allowing myself to feel, okay, like doing nothing is healthy for me. So if someone were to say like, oh, what are you doing? And I, and I would say like, oh, I'm doing nothing. Like, oh, you want to hang out? I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing nothing. Like, that's what I want to do for today. I love that because it's like, like just because I'm doing nothing doesn't mean I'm available. It means that I want to do nothing. And I, I love how you made that distinction. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I really, really genuinely believe like I have to be a little bit selfish in order to be selfless later yeah. because I can't love the people that I love if I haven't done that with myself. And that's something that keeps coming back to me over and over and over again. And it's not like I'm just going to give everything that I want. Like, I don't know if you've seen other stories um, portrayed in the media back then. Uh, I think her name was Leia Salonga where she did um, like a play it's mostly portraying women like giving everything that they have. And then that's a form of, uh, modeling for, for us. And I don't know if you've seen the the new movie Aladdin, they kind of changed the entire script where Jasmine becomes like a Sultan. So it's about her. It's not just all about like Aladdin. And I love that because it's so empowering and we need more girls who look like us to see modeling in that way where it's not just about us only having our dreams to be married and have kids. Like we also have aspirations. We also have dreams. We also have our own identity. We also have passion. We also have our own vision. Yeah. Um, And I'm all about like women empowerment. Yeah. Well, that was all beautifully said, Giselle. And um, I think, I think another thing I wanted to add is like, you mentioned, you mentioned how you're in a place where you don't really have to explain why you're doing what you're doing. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, we feel like we need to explain ourselves. Um, And sometimes it's okay to say, I just don't want to do it. And I hope, like, I hope you can respect that. Cause exactly. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know? 
Um, well, I think, I think that uh, was a beautiful story uh, explaining, you know, why you're setting healthy boundaries. And it's interesting because I was just on a conversation. I just had a conversation with someone else uh, earlier today, and we were talking about the importance of um, having healthy boundaries, but also enforcing consequences. So like, for example, you can say, you know, like, I'm not gonna, you can say like, can you wash the dishes today? And the other person says, yeah, I'll do it, but they don't wash it. And, and naturally someone such as myself would probably want to wash those dishes. But instead of, instead of me trying to pick up the consequences, I just let the dishes stack up. <laughs> and I think, I think um, in general, like obviously I don't have any stats on this, but I, I, what I have learned even from my own experience is that we, we try to pick up um, everyone's consequences. Even, even if we, you know, it's enough for us to speak our boundaries and to set boundaries. But once those boundaries have crossed, like that's a whole other challenge in itself. It's like, okay, that person just stepped over my boundary and what do I do from there? Like they broke the rules, you know? Um, so I'm kind of curious if you've had that situation before where you've set boundaries, but people overstepped them anyway. And what, what you do in that situation or even with that relationship. I love, I love this. I actually have a great example that I've been using uh, a lot more recently. Um, and my sister and I, we, we started living together throughout the spring semester. And we've always lived together, but this is my first time moving out of my own home. So I'm actually living on my own. I'm living with my boyfriend and my sister was our guest. Mm -hmm. And when we would live with each other, I noticed that when it came to talking to her peers, it was always normal or nonchalant to call each other a hoe. And that's fun. That's cool. Oh, that's okay. nice. I don't mind. And like every now and then she would say like, oh, you're such a hoe. And like, she would just talked to me like that. And it was just oh. fun. And, right. It's it's just kind of like saying, oh, hey, bitch, how are you? Yeah, okay. You ever heard like other people like talk like that? Yeah. So she would just talk about it like that nonchalantly. And something that I learned when I was watching a video of Will Smith, and then I ended up watching another video from Jada Pinkett Smith on the Red Table Talk. Mm -hmm. They talked about how in the beginning of their marriage, they did not have any form of toxic language in their relationship. And the reason why is because Jada Pinkett Smith has daddy issues and um, Will Smith, grew up with a father who beat his his mom mm. so understanding those types of individual traumas they did not want to bring that into their relationship and one day um will smith was talking to jada and they were playing like a, a card game on the table and uh will smith was saying like uh, saying something but then jada didn't follow his directions and she said like a bad word to him like mm. F you or whatever. And he kind of like bonked her head, like mm -hmm. with a newspaper. And she's like, you did not just hit me. Yeah. And we talked privately. And in the back, he said, we are not going to talk like this to each other. Mm -hmm. Does it make you feel good when, when you call me that, mm -hmm. like the F word? And she's like, no. So why would you, why would you say it? Mm -hmm. And then I, I remembered this because whenever you are angry, you don't say what you don't mean. You actually say what you really mean. 
So I noticed when me and Kimmy would be going through high amounts of stress, she would use the word ho as a replacement when she would be angry. So when she would say it with emphasis and with emotion, like, you're a ho. Yeah. That was very painful for me to hear. And I would say, don't you love me? And she'd be like, yeah. And I said, then why would you say that word to someone that you love? Mm-hmm. Does it make you feel good? And then she said, no. And I said, well, why would you repeat that? And she says, I don't know. And I said, the reason why you repeat that is because it's addicting to say, especially when you're at the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. So why don't we set a guideline where you and I don't call that to each other? Because I would say it nonchalantly and fun with her. So I obviously allowed it until I set a boundary and I said, we're not going to talk like this to each other anymore from this point forward. And when she would say it, when she didn't mean to, I would look at her and I said, what are you going to call me now instead of that word? And she's like, you smart, beautiful person. And I'm like, that's right. That's exactly right. So I love that. Oh, that's great. It's like, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, punishing her or, you know, like scolding her for calling you a hoe, you know, you say, what are you going to do instead? And I think that's such a healthy way to, um, have someone like that. That's a good, that's a healthy consequence to say like, okay, obviously you've crossed that boundary. What are you going to do instead? Um, cause mm-hmm. you're saying that out of habit and you're saying, and, and we need to change that habit cause it's obviously not healthy and it's not making any of us uh, really feel good. So that is awesome. I love that piece of advice. I'm going to apply that in my life. <laughs> and, yeah. um, uh, I, I think that basically wraps up, uh, our, our conversation today, Giselle, I know that you have to get going, but is there any, any other closing thoughts you'd like to share before we go? Um, I guess going back to what I mentioned on the calendar, like, honestly acknowledging when you've done something wrong, like, we're never always going to be right as much as we would like to. But just being honest by saying, yeah, you know, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Because sometimes people don't uh, accept apologies the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Gary Chapman who wrote the five love languages, mm-hmm. but he also wrote a book on how to apologize. And I'm one of those people that you have to apologize like one step further. You can't just say, I'm genuinely, truly, deeply sorry. Mm-hmm. For me, you have to say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Next time I won't do that again. I will do this. I'm like that type of person. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up that book now. <laughs> and it's because I've, I've dealt with a lot of disappointment in my life, whether it's with my family, whether it's with friends, and I've set unrealistic expectations to people. I don't know if I've gotten this from being such a perfectionist with mm-hmm. such so many cultural expectations on me with my parents. And so that's something that I've learned just honestly owning up when you've done something wrong and asking forgiveness and doing the right thing. I mean, of course that's really hard. And I know it was a lot that I had mentioned, but I think these are all struggles that Phil and women go through. And I think they just need to be able to hear that, Hey, you're not alone. Like yeah, other Phil and women are also experiencing these same things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the power of storytelling is realizing that we're not alone and Um, you know, there's no shame in what you're going through and there's a way to get through it. You just have to know for one, that what you're going through matters. And two, you need to find, you need, you need to discover what tools you need to get through that. 
So Giselle, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. No, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I One thing I, I've loved about watching your growth throughout the years is just seeing you become more articulate, um, especially in something that hits home for me. So I just want to acknowledge that. And um, thank you. For, and just thank you for your time tonight. And there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you'd like to hear more stories and life lessons told by the Filipino American woman. If you're interested in sharing your story, please contact us at the Filipino American woman at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at the Filipino American woman. Until next time.